0: to Me, Myself, and Millie, a podcast about pop culture and hot goss through the lens of your nosy neighbor. I'm your host, Millie Brooks, and this is episode 12. Right on, party people! We're going to continue our conversation about home ownership with Michael Barrett Austin. If you haven't listened to part one, which was released last week... Um, Hop off this episode and jump onto that one because that is a precursor to this conversation. Um, this week, we talk about renovations, um, homeowners insurance, Um how to get to know your neighbors, yada, yada, yada. It's a good episode, but definitely listen to the one from last week first. Um, but before we launch into that dialogue, a few updates. Um, Porter has not peeked into our backyard recently, which I'm very pleased to report to everybody. If you remember Porter, he's the guy that brings um, brings in our trash bins after the trash is collected, um, and while we were doing some work in our backyard, he was opening the gate and kind of perusing the project in our backyard. Um, And I kind of confronted him about it. And he hasn't done it since, so (sighs) chalk up another one for me. Um, And also, however, I did see him um picking up leaves the other day and he told me that the neighborhood playground um burnt down yeah it's um it's only it's been nu- newly renovated um like They just did it about a year ago. All new, like, balance beams and tires and jungle gyms. um, Really state-of-the-art stuff. And it burnt down. Oh, gosh. I felt so... That just, like, broke my heart. You know? Like, why would you want to, like, burn down a children's playground? They just, like... It's just, like, happiness and joy. You know? I just... I, I I don't know. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I'll keep you posted. <music> on a pop culture front, I recently watched Murder Mystery on Netflix with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Not a great film. Um, it was just like one of those generic rom-coms. And, um... But I do have a I have a I have a comment to make. Um Jennifer Aniston is way too tan. She's just way too tan. And um I thought like tanning was like big you know, for white women in the 2000s. So my question for you is, is tanning still a thing? I mean, I kept looking at her on the screen and being like, oh my God, I'm afraid for her future. So tell me, is tanning still a thing for white women? I want to know, cause now I'm just all about that sunscreen. Moving on <laughs> <laughs> to the segment on renovations. Yeah. So let's fast forward. You've bought the house. You um you you've made your offer. Yeah. You know, it's signed, sealed, delivered. Can Did I, yeah, go ahead.
1: I have like just a couple other like random homeowning thoughts, which I feel like Please. fluid like things that I hadn't considered before, like that just never occurred to me, right? but they come up like as I start to think about. So one weird thing is that you, I never feared natural disasters until I owned a home, right? But here in California, you can't afford earthquake insurance. Like it costs too much to afford. Thank you. So you're just like, well, this house has ridden out this many years of earthquakes. It's from 1930. The inspection said it was pretty good. We also did the earthquake retrofit, which I can talk about in renovations. So I've done everything I can, essentially. But still, maybe it'll all fall down when the big one comes. Like, yeah. and that's a really scary one. And then also if you're hearing about the recent big fires. Like, you know, our insurance does cover that, although it did go up a lot this year because of those fires, even though they weren't right here. Mm. But that's a weird one. Like, we're also supposedly like, just past the edge of the liquefaction zone, which means, like, the water turns to liquid and does waves when the earthquake comes. (laughs) So, like, all these things, you're just like, I never considered that. Like, when you're renting, it's not your problem. Like, so that is, like, an interesting way your life view changes, I think. And then I also feel when you mentioned being house poor earlier, like, I don't think we're in that boat now, but it does, it is a pressure to, like, stay steadily employed or have a map of your income. Uh, If not... I think owning here is weird because you're, you know your house is, like, growing exponentially in value, which is wonderful. But then with that comes this fear that, like, that seems crazy that it's gained so much. Like, surely that bubble's going to burst at any moment. Does that mean I need to sell and get out right now? Mm-hmm. And then, like, em- Emily is fond of fantasizing about the idea of, like, we could probably sell this house buy a new one outright with the money we made on it somewhere else and live there and maybe not even have to work. Like, like that's how much it's gained in value. But it's like this weird thing of like kind of knowing that that you're sitting on this pile of money and yet not actually having any more money. In fact, laying out more money. And where would you go? Like, Mm -hmm. we like living here and...
0: I, I would miss it if we moved. And,
1: and all the homes have increased in value, right? Yes. Around here, so we couldn't actually get anything bigger or different unless we went somewhere we further away or, I don't know, somewhere we don't necessarily want to be or we didn't five years ago and we are looking we wanted to be here. Uh, so that's interesting. And then there's also this funny stigma as an artist owning a home, right? Where, like, of course, like, the American dream is every American should be able to own a home or whatever it is that we grew up with. But I was talking to my friend Rondrell on my show the other day, and I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna do my friend's podcast and we're gonna talk about homeowner. And he's like, oh, so it's like a rich people podcast. I was like, oh <laughs> man, that really hurts.
0: Yeah. Uh, we don't have
1: any money. Yeah. But, yeah. but it's an interesting thing. And it also takes me back to how we inherited uh, mm-hmm. not a lot, but like enough to like make that down payment. And I don't know that we could've without and so I think about him every day, Uncle Mac, like it's a nice reminder of just like and a good check-in about your
0: own privilege and luck. Right.
1: And what part that plays in your life. Right. Like, so I try to take that for granted. I try I to like agree. be a good neighbor and appreciate what I have and yeah, and for me like I don't know if this is our forever home or whatever, but I'm very satisfied. Just, like I yes. like I never thought I'd have this. I think it's great. I love to host people in it and share it. Like we always put our friends up, you know, we want to, we want to deserve our luck and privilege Mm -hmm. in it.
0: Yeah. Well, I think here's the other thing. Like I, uh, you talk like going back to the natural disaster stuff. I think anywhere you live, there's going to be a risk of a natural disaster. You know what I mean? It's going to be something. There's going to be something, whether it's tornadoes, hurricanes, flooding. Frequent
1: murders. Frequent. (coughs) Whatever it is.
0: Whatever it is. (laughs) Like, there's always going to be a risk involved, and you have to, like, weigh those out. You know what I mean? I was absolutely, for me, I couldn't, I felt like I was sucking on the teat of my landlord was getting to a point where i just it was dehumanizing you had to kiss up to him. yeah uh-huh. yeah that, they were just were they? raising it all the time doing the bare minimum you know what i mean and so if you really want to own a home i think it's possible i think it is you just do need to in the bay area you need to have a big chunk of change to put down.
1: There's probably creative solutions I'm not thinking of too about like looking at duplexes. Like we did Mm think like loosely fantasize about like.
0: Well, we got a co-op. Right. Which was like, why did we do a co-op? Because one, we're not responsible for the roof and we're not responsible for the exterior. (laughs) So like there's a certain I mean, we do have to get certain renovations. Um, the only downside is if we do any renovations, we have to get it approved, approved yes, by yes. the board.
1: Yes, I heard which, your thing about the neighbor complaining.
0: Exactly. Curious which stuff. is totally, honestly, we're new homeowners. We probably need an extra pair of eyes on sure. some stuff. But I will say... Do you
1: rotate onto the board? Do you get elected to the board? You, Who is the board?
0: The board is a um, elected okay. um, neighbors, and it rotates; it changes every year, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So people that live in the community, so they're invested. You think they you know? will
1: do it ever? Or...
0: It's a lot of work. <laughs>
1: okay. It's
0: a lot of work, um, but I will say that, like, I can't remember where I was going with this. But we were like,
1: oh, that—that's a way to right. There's all these. There's a thousand ways to. There's it, a as thousand you say.
0: ways, and we were not comfortable. We had a certain comfort zone with our price point, and we didn't want to go beyond that. So we were like, okay, how do we do this co-op? Yeah. You know? I think
1: it's wise to, and that's a wise thing we didn't talk about with advice, is like, it's easy to get wrapped up in like, this is our dream, maybe we could stretch to afford it, and then just like, but you gotta check yourself with like, but we're gonna discover something we need to do in the first year, we're gonna need some money, we can't be totally broke. I mean,
0: within the first week, (laughs) you're gonna discover. Or something. Oh, we don't
1: have any furniture and this is a house. Exactly. Like, things like that are exactly. going to come up. So better to have that pad and to like, I think, to stick with your limit. Yes. In whatever way you need to do that.
0: Tell us the worst problem and how you fixed it after you moved in. Dovetailing into that, actually.
1: So, uh, worst problem. Well, I mean... The so we, I feel pretty lucky. So we had a good inspector, I think, is the person our realtor recommended. But I think he we we were lucky because the house was mostly new, right? So a lot of the things were new and not a problem. But he also, like, just discovered a lot of tiny little things I'm not remembering that he listed in this very long packet he gave us. And he was patient enough to spend like hours on the phone with me. Like, the realtor and Emily were like, No, this all looks fine, you know, as I recall. But I was like, let's just talk, let's just check on all these things. And, like, he was patient enough to be like, well, here's what I meant by that. And, like, this probably, like, he'd give me a ballpark on, like, do you really need to fix this? Eh, probably not for 10 years, or maybe never, or, yeah, you should do that right away. Or whatever it was. So that was helpful, and it meant less surprises. The biggest surprise that was a bummer was the thing about having the basement looked at by actual people who were like, oh, no, I don't know who told you that would cost $60,000. That'll cost two to $300,000 mm-hmm. if you want to, like, make this into legal, livable space. Mm-hmm. Like, you'll either need to jack up your house and make a weird Franken-house, uh, and that means you can't live in it for a long time, or, like, the drilling down idea was, like, an interesting one, but then you sort of still need a new foundation yes. if you go down, and and you have maybe drainage problems, right? Like, the further down you go... Speaking of which, sorry, that is the other major disappointment. So we bought our house during the drought, uh, which is great. They planted mostly, like, low water needs plants mm-hmm. around friendly. and everything. Yep. Yeah, but, but they were kind of honest with me, I think, even at the, the inspection about, like, I don't know if your basement's going to get water in it because we haven't had rain in a long time. Like, I don't see any evidence. There's no damage, but who knows? And... <laughs> So sure enough, like pretty quick, we had some hard rains after we moved in and there was some moisture down there. And that was like a huge bummer, you know, to find that out for sure, because there's not really a good cheap way to deal with that. It's either like a sump pump or French drains. So as it happened, I was already talking to another uh, construction guy about the earthquake retrofit thing, uh, which I'll get into in a sec, but he... He was nice enough to, like, come over because I, like, panicked as a new homeowner, as you do when you, like, discover things. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, is this home worthless? Are we going to drown? And he came over and he's like, I think 90% of your problem will be solved if you just buy these black tubes, hook them up to your drain pipes, and channel the water away from the house. He's like, I think basically all these drain pipes are dumping water right next to the foundation, and then it soaks in. It was still shocking to me because... Again, the basement is only like a foot below ground level max. Mm -hmm. So I was like, come on. People have real basements without problems. Like, why? But I guess often they do have sump pumps or other drainage solutions.
0: I mean, the whole issue about water. Like, water could be your worst enemy. You know, water damage, water damage, water damage. Right, pipe could be
1: leaking in your walls. You don't know. And
0: and the whole thing about how it's draining. (laughs) Like, I never thought I'd be so obsessed with that.
1: Yeah, and it's Because
0: like, as I was walking up your stairs, I saw I saw your pipe,
1: mm-hmm. your big... You step over that pipe.
0: Step over the mm-hmm. pipe and make sure that the water is not coming through the gutters right. away from the foundation. Yep.
1: And those are like ugly, but they're such a cheap solution and they did solve 80 to 90% of the problem. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. Then it like didn't rain again for a while and we started on the renovation of work in the basement And then, like, heartbreak of all heartbreak, like, we came back from a winter vacation where we'd been with Emily's parents at Christmas or something, and it had been really cold. And I walked over the floor down there, and I was like, I think I can hear, like, ice crackling, like, that there was water that froze down there. And I was so sad. I was like, what are we going to do? Like, can't tear this all out. We just put it in. And, and, uh, well, we basically got a dehumidifier that we keep running all the time, and that costs money for power, but that helped a lot. Wow. Uh, and also I think maybe I like overreacted, I doubt that was really ice, I think it was more like just trapped air crackling, but definitely there gets to be some moisture that sweats in.
0: Well, and that will help with mold, potentially Yeah, that's too. the other thing
1: you start to be like, oh no, what if everything molds? But again, these weren't problems the house ever had in the past from what the inspector could tell, so mm-hmm. fingers crossed. But we keep up the drainage thing. I do think we should do French drains eventually, which is like... French drains? French drains are a system where you sort of dig a trench around your house, you put little pipes with open tops in there, uh, and then you put gravel over that, I believe. And essentially the idea is instead of sinking into the ground and seeping into your basement, the water like goes into these pipes and is channeled away. So it's sort of like a janky solution. It's just like a... And... Why we didn't do it immediately is because it's very expensive, especially we have some concrete on the sides of our house, like trying to dig all that up is a pain. But like, and they, and it was like no guarantee. Like, so this will cost $20,000 and it may or may not work. Like, mm-hmm. But probably we should do it. But the most frustrating renovation ideas are the ones that you need the most but are so boring. Like that aren't actually going to show you any visible improvement to your home, right? But they're important. You have to do them. This is the worst. Uh, yes. So that's why we haven't done it. And similarly, we have, like, a gross old concrete patio in the back that tilts toward the house a little bit, Mm -hmm. which is the worst thing you can have. But again, it just doesn't feel that glamorous to, like, grind that up and fix it. Oh, Uh, let
0: me just tell you. Once you start grinding concrete and moving concrete, because we were fortunate enough to get our backyard redone, and we had to remove a ton of concrete it you are looking you are looking at a pretty penny, folks. I bet. I bet. It's like I mean, yes, it's a... Me- and I I do believe it's because of the physical labor. Of yeah, you can kind of concrete. see
1: that. That's you know
0: true. that is that is not an easy job.
1: That's true. We have um, hired young children on occasion to do hard labor, <laughs> and that's cheaper, but uh, that's they're cheap. not necessarily <laughs> as good. Uh, yes, we recently had a bunch of mulch laid by some thirteen-year-olds who, really? who were visiting their father, that's oh, friend. Hey. He was like, "Just call us up. We'll come over.
0: Wow. Get these
1: kids to work. Give them hey, a few bucks an hour. Give them a summer job." Oh, yeah. I had a good time.
0: What, um... So, I mean, what kind of renovations did you do to the house? Let's get into that. So,
1: in Berkeley, you get a portion of your property tax or transfer tax back. I think you get, like, up to $3,000 or $4,000 or something back if you do an earthquake retrofit to your home, if it doesn't already have one, within the first year you're in. So that was our immediate, like, it is worth doing this. Now that said, that retrofit probably cost three times what we got back, but we would have not gotten back that 3,000, so it was worth trying to do it fast, plus we wanted the house to be safe. So an earthquake retrofit, if you don't know that one, is interesting. It actually is kind of a simple project, like in terms of, it's like simple and complex, like obviously I don't understand what you need to do, but, but it's kind of simple. It's essentially, the way they described it to me is, when you buy a cheap IKEA shelf, you have to screw that press board, that flat press board to the back, because otherwise the shelf like just like, leans from side to side. It's not quite stable, but once you just nail or screw that thin crappy piece of board to the back, it all becomes like it stays together. Mm. That's essentially what they did down there. They put what's called shear walls uh, Against the, because it was open walls. So in our basement, Mm -hmm. it was like just open walls down there. So the boards and the insulation. So they just put these thick wood plywood up against that. And that keeps the whole house from leaning if there's an earthquake and everything starts to sway. Wow. Seems like, oh, can't wait to do that myself. But obviously you have to know what you're doing. And then the harder and more expensive part is you have to attach your house to the foundations. Because, again, if the ground starts waving, your house, the worst danger, I guess, is that it just slides right off the foundation and oh, then crumbles or whatever. Okay. So you bolt it down to the foundation. And one of the important inspections you do is making sure your old foundation can take bolts, can handle bolts without, like, splintering or turning to dust. And ours, supposedly, like, lifespans around 100 years. Anyway, they were like, okay, 1930. And they looked at it and they're like, yours can handle it. Uh, so they bolted down, put up these shear walls. So we wanted to do that right away. And I like looked around and found a guy to do that. I didn't think I needed a contractor, but I think you do like, he was like, I have an architect. I don't know if it's called that an engineer that I work with. He'll come in, see what we need, drop the plans. I get those approved. Then my crew does the work. And so they did that. and, And he like had a couple options for me, but the guy he brought in was so funny. He's like, he always brings his dog. He's, he'll smell like smoke but he's the cheapest and he's good like
0: <laughs> you just got to go like, with him. His them.
1: dog's name Bear. It's smelly, <laughs> like it's fine. And he was fine and it all worked great. Now, uh what's interesting though about that process is that it rushed along some other renovations we weren't really thinking about in terms of the basement. So, again, hard to describe without showing you the pictures, but the basement was pretty gross. Like when we moved in, it was not a dirt floor, it was concrete uh, slab floor, but like, some weird old stuff down there, like an unworking bridge, which I dreamed would be, like, my basement beer fridge. But then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I think it's leaking freon Like, we got to get this out of here. Uh, a weird old bench along the side, which I, like, tore out myself with a crowbar. And then later someone was like, I think that was, like, a 40-foot-long piece of redwood. Like, and I had no idea. I just, like, I gave it to a friend that did lumber stuff, but I was like, oh... <laughs> It looked crappy. <laughs> anyway, so like...
0: That's a rare, yeah. the rarest right. piece of oh, redwood. It's
1: all made of Fabergé egg. <laughs> that whole bench was Fabergé egg. So like, I just like ripped it apart when I had a, the crowbar because our, again, the Earthquake Retrofit guy, every step of the way he told me like different cost measures because he was great and he understood I was poor. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I'll throw out that bench. It'll probably cost 200 bucks. And I was like, I know nothing, but... I can tear out that bench myself. I got a pry bar and I did it and it was great and it makes you feel good when you figure out those things yourself.
0: Yes. But yeah,
1: I may have destroyed priceless wood. Uh, So (laughs) the other weird thing that happened once we decided we were ready to go ahead with this retrofit is like, so what they're doing is covering all the open space in the walls where the insulation is and where your wiring and plumbing would be with Mm. these boards. So I'm like, oh, if we're gonna get any wiring or plumbing done, we have to do it before the retrofit or at the same time, because it needs to be behind these boards. Otherwise they have to like take them back off or try to get behind them. That's gonna be more expensive and take longer. So then immediately I'm looking for an electrician and a plumber. And And like at that point, like maybe the wise person would have gone with like a real contractor. They could have handled that stuff and like coordinated it all. But I was like, I don't know, we don't have a lot of money. I think I can do this myself. And I was our own contractor, so I found separate guys who were willing to do it. Uh, this local electrician guy was great, named Ed Garcia. And my plumber, Bill Tinky, amazing. He's now moved out of the area, but he's still come back to do a couple things for me. He's, like, older than my dad. He and his son came in and, like, re plumbed our basement in, like, a couple days. Uh, they didn't do much redoing to the basement. They essentially ran out of money after they'd fixed the outside and whatever when they redid. So they just put in the insulation and left it. So we wanted more lights and switches and uh, also plugs in the basement everywhere and cable. So we had an electrician do all that. And then the plumber, like the plumbing was just weird. Like they put in a weird plastic pipe separate from the rest of the water for the sprinklers. And that didn't seem safe. Like it seemed like it might leak or, and so we wanted that, just put it into a new water main. And then there was a lot of, like, weird curves for no reason in the pipes. And they were really old. They weren't mm-hmm. copper. They were, like, lead or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, that's dumb. Like, all our new pipes upstairs, and then it's still coming through these corroded, like, blocked, right. rooty pipes. So we had all that redone. We got a new water heater. Anyway, all that had to happen, like, quickly so we get the retrofit done quickly. So that was, like, a big, immediate, like, trial by fire, like, to get that done. Then, uh then we were going to have a baby uh, yeah. by the time that was done, essentially. And it was like, Oh, then we're going to need that third bedroom that we dreamed about. And that was going to be in the basement. So then we needed to take that next step to like, also make it like look nicer and be habitable down there. Uh, and again, like probably should have gotten a contractor, but decided to do it myself. So I found a sheetrock crew, which was pretty reasonably priced. Oh, uh, and people were cheaper if you pay them cash.
0: Yes. In my
1: experience. So yes. that was, you could save a little bit there. Good advice. Uh, yeah, so the she rock crew, Singh and his crew came in and did it in like just a couple of days. And it was tricky because nothing's quite even down there. Like it's just a basement. It's not, so they had to like cut things to fit certain spaces and do soffits around certain pipes and things like build little yes. boxes. They did a great job. They tape it, mud it, what they do. Once that was done, then we had a painting party, which I believe you were present for. I was. Where we invited them our we friends and promised them food and beer if they'd help us paint. And we had fun picking our own colors, different for each room to make keep it bright down there. And that was super fun. And one weekend we had it painted, and it was not very expensive to do it that way. Yeah. And people did a great job. That's and we also great. feel like our friends are like, they put us down there. Yeah,
0: they, they're part of the home, too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that
1: was really nice, and that came a long way fast. And then... After that, we'd like drip paint all over the floor because it was still the slab and we knew we were going to cover that. So then I did some research about flooring and what we could do. And we ended up going with this stuff that's like click together flooring Mm -hmm. for most of the basement, which you buy by like the small box. It looks like hardwood. It looks like wood. It doesn't feel like wood, but it looks like wood. It looks pretty classy. It clicks together and you don't need any expertise to do it. Like you got to be on your knees for a long time. I laid the whole floor myself. What? Yeah. Yeah. So that, like, I wouldn't do it again, maybe. But I, like, I was down there listening to the song, and the chorus is like, I'm just lucky to have the work. You know? Like, I was down there just, like, feeling so blue-collar and putting it in all myself. It's a great Jason Isbell song. Uh, it's just like, I'm so tired, but I'm lucky to have the work. And I just, like, I did it myself. And it's not perfect. Like, I got better as I went. And unfortunately, like, some places... I should have, like, a lot more. Sli- so there's, like, some places where there's some gaps now. But, again, I did it for free, essentially. Like, the stuff cost a couple thousand bucks, but for that much space. But I read enough reviews. I felt secure, and I watched videos, and I did it myself. And then once that was done, we hired one more crew to come in and do some things. like. So before I did that, I, like, researched, like, just in case some moisture gets in. Like, what do I do? So that stuff's waterproof that you lay down. I also did a moisture barrier that's plastic you carefully roll out and tape. And then before that, I, like, washed the whole place with a sealant to make sure the concrete was sealed. Look at you! And then we hired somebody to do, like, epoxy in the corners, because there was, like, gaps in the corners that was funny. So, all that, and, like, seal holes, and I did some more sealing myself with, like, an Insta-concrete. And, yeah, and then laid down the floor. Then we hired this crew that did, like, baseboards and covering up the foundation with more attractive Mm -hmm. little boxes of wood. Uh, Yeah, so it was, like, a few steps, but again, I just sort of handled it myself as we went. Um, There was a really painful chapter where, like, I think it was back in the retrofit part of it, or maybe approving the electric. I got lucky and, like, the guy that was doing my earthquake retrofit was willing to, like, take in the electrical plans, too. Yeah. uh, And be, like, get them approved. But there was some point... Somewhere where someone had basically just like glanced at our ceiling and been like, eh, seven foot or whatever. And then like those, that's how the plans were submitted. And then when the city inspector came, he was like, there's no way it's seven feet over here. This is more like six feet. I can't approve this. And it was like, the construction was ready to start and we needed it to be legal and like... So then, like, Emily, like, pregnant and crying down at the office, like, <laughs> oh, finally got man. it through while I was at work one day. It was
0: crazy. Oh, gosh. Uh,
1: but, but we got it through, and now we have this basement. Now, it is a shorty basement. Uh, luckily, Emily and I are shorties, mm-hmm. so we're okay. Most places, a couple door frames, we got a we duck. Uh, there was already, like, a weird structure to the rooms that we actually thought was fine. They, they just weren't walls. They were, like, see-through walls. So we made those into walls, but, like, the door frames were already there. So some of those are a little short, you gotta remember to duck. It's good to keep the doors closed. Mm-hmm. When you open it, you remember to duck. Um, but on the whole, again, like, you know, unfortunately her father and brothers are tall. But my family's
0: my height. Yeah. So
1: as long as you like duck the occasional smoke. Nobody's alarm,
0: hitting their head.
1: Not too hard. Yeah. So you know, it's not as ideal as having real space down there and it's again not like legal habitable space, but as long as it's your family, as long as you're not trying to rent it out. It's fine. So what we gained, essentially, was another house. Like, it's mm-hmm. as much room as up here minus the garage that was earlier, yep. right? So, so another 10,000 square feet or whatever instead of the 12 or whatever that's up here. So uh, I said square, but I think, do I mean cubic or do I mean square? I can't remember how they measure houses. Yeah, yeah. But it's But uh, it kind of doubled our space. We don't use it as much as I maybe had pictured we would. Like, we stay upstairs more. But we have one, like, huge main room, which now is our daughter Lucy's, like, play area, which we... It's fun to just, like, send her and kids down there, and if they make a mess, whatever, and it's, like, their different, quieter space. And then the other half of that space is, like, where uh, a TV and a couch is for hanging out, but that's almost more like the guest hangout area, because that's next to the guest room that's at the front of the house. Mm -hmm. And then we have a whole laundry room, basically, but that has a bonus toilet. (gasps) I not only got my two... Uh, bathrooms when I moved in upstairs but bonus toilet downstairs.
0: Wow. Uh,
1: which is pretty fun. So
0: That's good.
1: If you got a stink bomb you go down there. Yep. No, but uh, <laughs> it's nice. The other funny feature of that is it looks straight out to the street. Mm. If you happen to have the door to the garage propped open you can just like they can see you. You can see out to the street. That'd be nice. That at some point. Uh, so that was fun. Then there's like a little office space which is pretty much storage. Both the office and the laundry tend to be messy storage. But we have a big bookshelf and a desk there. Plus the garage. So it's a lot of space gain for very little money. Yeah. Like, you know, I, yep. I don't want... I mean, it was a chunk I mean, of change to do all that. M- and then we did a the lot of majority work. of the work. A lot of work and time. And it is like another job. But yep. but I had the flexible time and it feels good. You feel good about it. Now uh, that you do it yourself when you can. And... So, yeah, so that's been our major renovation, is, like, making a basement out of a basement. Like, we made, yes. we made space we can use out of space that was unusable. Mm. So that was definitely the big thing. And then, since then, we've kind of rested on our laurels. There has not been a lot. The new dream is a deck. Mm. So as I said, our house rides high uh, over its basement that's mostly not a basement, that's above ground. So... We dream of maybe a deck out the back at the level of the upper main house. And then there'd still be maybe, like, storage under that, where our current deck is, and then steps down to the grass that's out there. I like that idea a lot. Uh, I think what... We'd have to, like, figure out how to redo the steps down to the basement, because they're, like, in a place... Because we'd want a door right out the end of the hall to that. All those things are very hard to describe. But essentially... I think the hazard of all renovations is it's a you open up that can of worms right yes. so we're like Ooh, we'd have yes. to change some other things and if we had a deck wouldn't we want a new sliding glass door oh, instead of a window from our room to get out to the deck slope. and that's going to be a structural change and then we have to change these stairs or it's not going to be legal so i don't know how you do that so i think we're very intimidated by that and like finding out how much money they really think this would cost and knowing it would actually cost more than that then Emily is like, what about just a loan? Like, you can get, like, your equity loan. And mm-hmm. I've sort of looked into how that works. But any money that seems free is very scary to me. Me too. I don't like borrowed like, money. I'm like, what's the
0: catch? What's the catch?
1: Yeah. I, we have friends that have done it and done pretty well. But even they were like, there's still a heavy uh, interest on it. They're yes. Because like, I was like, I think we could afford to do some of it with what's in the bank. And they're like... But I was like but I don't know if we'd want to do that because it's better to have that money gaining interest and they're like you're losing more on the interest you're paying on the borrowed money than you'd be making on what's in the bank if you can do it on what's in the bank do that mm-hmm. so in that sense I'm like maybe we save up more and then do it but we should find out how much it costs. You just feel bad when you're, like, trying to get estimates when you can't actually afford to do it. Right. At that point. So right. We haven't done it. Uh, I also am, like, maybe we need to take out the drainage stuff before we do that, even though that's no fun. Yeah.
0: And then there's this whole it's other like, question of, like... It's, like, practical versus cosmetic. Right. It's, like, you got to right. weigh it all up.
1: And then, like, you know, Emily's question, too, about, like, but... is And my dad brings this up a lot, too, is, like, well... If you want to make huge changes, you might just want to move. Like, right. and he's like, and I think you've already added so much value to the house with that downstairs space, which again is not like, that's not on paper, right? So we're looking on like Redfin and Zillow when I talk about our house gaining value and it's like, really? And like the house across the street that's gruttier and smaller just sold for 300,000 more than this house. Like, and wow. things like this and you're just like, oh, that's crazy. And they don't even know that there's also four rooms that aren't listed like down there, you know, and again... Not space you can legally list, but people will pay more for it once they see it, so. Right. That's all crazy stuff, too. It's
0: wild. It's wild. And that's, I
1: guess, why it's worth doing renovations. Right.
0: Right. Well, what what advice do you have for people who are trying to renovate their home?
1: Ooh. Uh, I thought about this. Yes. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... Okay, so I think, like, the golden rule that probably everyone knows is it's going to cost more than you think, and it's going to take longer than you think, so just build that into the plan, let it be, like, yep. your plan,
0: but yep. that,
1: that is going to be the case, make sure you're not overextending on that stuff, We're like, oh, the whole family's coming for a reunion, and we better, like, we recently we went to visit some friends, and they just had to be, like, like, the day before, like, sorry, you can't stay with us, we thought the bathroom would be done, it's not, there's no place to poop, like, yeah. Uh, so that's funny. Um, I would say like, don't underestimate your own, like I had no experience or confidence about stuff, but I laid that floor by myself and I learned a lot of other small things like just with the help of asking friends or my dad or YouTube. YouTube's amazing for learning simple things. Like, and there's a lot of things that any idiot can do. And I'm pointing at myself I say (laughs) that, like I can caulk. You can cock all all over the place. You, uh, what is caulking? Cocking, you have a caulking gun and you seal cracks oh, that's with right. different kinds of caulk. There's like some for outdoors and and it lasts for you know, thirty years or something. Mm-hmm. So it's worth doing. Like it's cheap, it's easy you don't have to pay someone hourly, you can do it in your spare time while you listen to your lucky to have the work song
0: <laughs> and feel like
1: a good homeowner and like yeah. an accomplished person uh, doing these things yourself. And these are like, some of those were little things that the inspector told us like, well, they should have cocked around these windows or whatever. And you're like, okay. And I watch a YouTube video and I learned to do it. And like, you start in a place where no one can see in case it's messy and you get better at it. Yeah. Uh, you got a cock in your bathroom often. You get like mm-hmm. cracks separating the towel. Yes. You buy special caulk for that.
0: Yes. I say also, like, ask as many questions as you need to. Don't be afraid to, like...
1: Make your list ahead.
0: Right. Make ask your list questions. ahead. Um, we, you know, when we moved in, we had to renovate the kitchen. There was just... Oh. There was not... Yeah. Which was very... We, we,
1: you knew that going in? And we knew you, it okay. going
0: in. We knew it going in. And we also... Um, there was just not... The previous owners loved vintage 1950s style a little bit too much Mm -hmm. to the point where we're like we really need a dishwasher like we've been living with a dishwasher for the past five years to you know go back for there to be a little bit of regression like it's gonna be hard so we had to do a little bit and asking like we got three quotes. Get as many yeah, quotes as you that's want. That's worth it for sure. you are going to How did you
1: out. look for people to get quotes from? We used Berkeley Parents Network and oh, Yahoo or Yelp, rather. Yeah.
0: That's great. Yeah. We honestly had our real estate agent. Oh. Yeah, they
1: gave us a list. They
0: gave us a list. And then... What would happen is we would hire one person and then that person would give us referrals to other people. That happened to us, too, now that I think about it. And we were like, that's how we found our plumber. Yeah. We found our electrician.
1: Oh, man, I forgot, actually. We, for the basement thing, I think I found the plumber or the electrician, maybe both, through a guy that I got an estimate for the retrofit from who, like, spent some time with me talking and, like, I really liked him. And he, like, told me... All these things, and he was like, "and you should get this guy to do this because he knew I was looking at that." And like, I contacted those people, and they were great. And then his estimate was literally three times what somebody else's were. And I was like, "I'm so sorry." Like, and he was mad, and I felt bad, but I was like, "You have to understand if you can't come down." Like, and he just couldn't. Like, it's like,
0: and don't don't be. You know, it's just the art of the business. Right. It's like negotiation. You have to stay within a budget because you know there's going to be surprise costs later on. And, like, you can't take it personally. You just got to go with your gut.
1: Yeah, and I believed him that he couldn't. Like, I'm sure he just pays his people more or he has a higher overhead or whatever, but he couldn't, and I was like, I'm so sorry, this is it. But I still was able to use the people he recommended, which is very nice that they were still willing to do it, and they were still great and cheap. So that was interesting. Uh, So, yeah, I think the more... Just expect it to take some time, spend some time researching and figuring out what you might be able to do yourself what your dad can do, Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) what your partner
1: can do, uh, and yeah. And And
0: I also, I would also say I got this book called Home Renovations for Dummies. Mm. And just like, it had a few good tidbits Mm. about things. Like stuff, you know, really understanding what you wanted to be ambitious about and like what stuff you wanted to hire out for.
1: That sounds right.
0: You know? Because the last thing you want is to burst a pipe. No. No. (laughs) Or start an electrical fire. Ooh.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I was really scared. I thought I couldn't touch either of those things, but with my dad's help, because I've always believed in him, like, I could do things like raise and lower lighting, or yes. flip out switches for dimmers. Yes. Like you just have to make sure the power's off, and just make sure so you don't electrocute yourself. Right. Uh, and like, and then I've since like taken the disposal off to see what was wrong with it, or like, like even plumbing, but just make sure the water's off, and you're not right.
0: Yeah. And you're it's good. It's scary, but
1: yeah. You're yeah. good. Watch those videos. Watch the videos. YouTube videos. They're great.
0: Um. Anything else that I have not asked you? Or we need to touch upon?
1: Uh, we talked about the cash discount. It's good. Like, ask if people will give you a discount. Right. If you can pay in cash, and then you can get out of the bank. Same thing to you. Uh, so then, like, there's some other stuff that, like, I don't know why I had this. I was thinking about this with the renovation part. But, uh... But there's just like some other like things about the neighborhood. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Let's unpack it. And just like
1: ways you start to think about your place in the world and your life that are different once you have a house. Uh, So we really like our neighborhood. So we're Southwest Berkeley. Feels almost like Oakland or Emeryville. I catch Emily saying we live in Oakland sometimes because we used to, and it kind of just feels that way. And has so much more cred. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, we. Yeah, we really wanted the school districts in Berkeley because of my child and not have to have that hassle. Uh, So yeah. we're glad we're like... But it's we're like stone's throw from Emeryville and Oakland, so it's practically the same. It's yes. interesting. Um, So one thing we love about the neighborhood is that it's so diverse uh, in terms of the ethnicity and background and mm-hmm. and even money level, I think, compared to a lot of places in the Bay. Yes. Uh, so... You know, will that change over time? Maybe our two closest neighbors are over 90 on both sides. Oh, wow. And somewhat absent. Like, this one's here, but very quiet. on the other side, he lives with his wife in her house most of the time and has, like, a relative here. But they're, like, very quiet. And, yeah, I just think those houses... They may be leaving soon. Yes. Um, and so one thing we talk about that is, like, we should we should do decks and renovations now because they don't care what we do. But right. the new neighbor might, and the new neighbor might be picky about exactly where the property line, or whereas we have good relationship with these people, and they, they don't care. Right. Uh, so that's really nice. Anyway, I'm getting off the track of, like, we really like that our daughter's growing up in a place where she gets used to, like, that families. Asian of some degree. This family, this whole house is either Pakistani or uh, Indian people. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, These are all African American people. Like, we like that that's just her norm that she's growing up in. Emily and I, I don't think we are racist. Uh, But it's interesting how we both grew up around pretty much 100% white people. Yes. Uh, There were a lot of Asians in my neighborhood growing up too. but, But I just think it sets you back a little bit in terms of what you are comfortable with and why it's so they normal so I I'm so grateful that like Lucy hopefully will be a generation ahead of me in terms of like
0: yes yeah
1: I think about that yeah it's funny I think and talk about that a lot with like trans versus gay right so to our parents maybe gay is still like hard to figure out for mm-hmm. them for whatever reason I, I'm not even saying specifically our parents but generationally right right Where, and then like the for us is gay worst. is not a thing like mm-hmm. yeah some people are gay it's not a thing mm mm-hmm. But for me, like, I still get confused about pronouns, like, in terms of trans or whatever. And it's not because I'm against it. It's because I just get confused because I didn't grow up with it. So I like to think that, like, the next generation, that won't be a thing. Right. They won't have
0: to think about it. I'm sure there
1: will be some other thing for the next generation after them. But anyway, I like to think by living here, we're helping to make race, ethnicity, prejudice not a thing Mm -hmm. in Lucy's head because Mm -hmm. she's just... It's just going to be normal.
0: It's going to feel very... Very natural to be around many different types of people. Hopefully so. Yes. Yeah. That's,
1: that's our, our idea. Um, you know something that's different about this neighborhood than how I grew up, and I think how I only grew up, is I feel like we're not close to a lot of our neighbors. And I was sort of expecting that. Like, And I've lived in areas that are fairly... I don't want, It's not suburban, it's urban, but it sort of splits the difference where we are. It's mostly houses. And... I just like our parents were like good friends with all their neighbors. I feel yes. like there were like a lot of neighborhood parties, and it, in fact, it's still that way in my parents' neighborhood. And I don't know, I don't know whether that's not a thing anymore, it's not a thing here, where people have friends from other places, or people are more separated from the people around them because of the internet. I like, I speculate yeah. on it a lot. Or is it the very fact that people here are more diverse? So maybe we have a little less in common in terms of our background or even our language. Right. Um, right. Which is the case.
0: Well, I mean, our. Um, I think we got each other's
1: backs. So I think we're kind of watching. Well,
0: that there's two ways to cheaply deter against crime: good street lighting and knowing your neighbors. And so, and that's one of the things that I love about living in a co-op. They have a lot of organized events. Where are like, it's a block party or it's a potluck. And we, I know everybody, you know, I know my next door neighbors. I know what she does. I know where she works. And like from all the people down to our street, we basically know, you know, who's in their house, what their demographic is, you know, where they work, you know, and it's, there's some, there's a comfort to that, to yeah. knowing who is, you know, to to being friendly with your neighbors, you know?
1: Uh, speaking of deterrent crime, we do have an alarm. When we moved in, there were, like, bars on a lot of windows and doors still. And, like, we walked around and felt very safe. And, like, it was clear that this was sort of a remnant of the past. But because we have a lot of windows in the basement at street level that feel close yes. to the street, I was sort of in favor of maybe, I was like, maybe we should put bars on those. Like, everyone else seems to have that. And Emily was just refused. She was like, I don't want bars on my house. I don't think we need it. So the compromise was, I was like, well, then we're getting an alarm. Right. Uh, so far, right. we've only managed to settle for ourselves. Yeah. Um,
0: so, that's It hard. honestly, I mean, just showing that you have an alarm deters crime. The stickers crime. and the signs. The stickers and the signs. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well this has been very informative and cathartic. <laughs>
1: it's good to, It's uh, really to, good to know to everyone of, else went through.
0: Yeah to, to sort of like compare experiences, to know you're not alone and to also I, I mean just a message to all the listeners. <laughs> I really think that like there are ways out there that you can afford your own home you know make a list of your priorities. You know, like, what are your priorities? If you want a pool, you might not be able to live in California.
1: You know? That's the, we did do do lists of like, what would we want in a house? And what do we have to have?
0: Right. And what are your non-negotiables? You know what I mean? Like, we really wanted hardwood floors. That was one of our non-negotiables. And then also having a sidewalk. We wanted sidewalks. But like, Rowan was like, I really want a pool and i was like not gonna happen i <laughs> don't know, a bay. I don't know I, where you think like that money's going to come because from because it
1: came from britain and dreamed of the think american so. life
0: i think so <laughs> i think it's kind of this idea of like i grew up in a rainy cold dark island and now california is like Pool, was he able pool to get like life.
1: a gym membership so we can use a pool?
0: Well, that's what we ended okay. up doing. Good. I was like, all right, let's cool it on the pool.
1: We take Lucy to Aquatech. Yes. That's expensive, but it's nice. I yes. Like
0: it. I mean, there's ways to like, there's ways to skirt, skirt tail that like.
1: issue. Yeah. No, you just write what's negotiable, what's not. Like, and yeah, just like know what's practical in terms of what you can afford. And like, yeah, you got to negotiate on the things you don't have to have. Yeah. But yeah i think there is a way there's always a way there's um,
0: always a way
1: we oh the other funny thing i was going to say about just like being a homeowner and the way you look at things differently that i forgot was like things you just wouldn't have bl- blinked and I have before like our neighbors letting their grass grow waist high before they cut it or leaving piles of trash out for weeks or then we have another neighbor who's like they're very nice people who drive nice cars and dress well With a house that literally looks like it's going to fall down at any moment. Like, huge, separated cracks. You can look at it on the way out. It is so hideous. And, like, when did I ever think in my life I was going to have the thought, well, that's really going to be driving property values down on the street. Like, that is really making our street look bad. Right. Like, I never cared about that when I was a renter, like a pass through And, in fact, my belief is that they are renters. Mm. And, essentially, they don't want to leave to have their renovations down and the owner's not going to bother doing it until they leave. Right. And they probably pay... Almost nothing, because they've been there forever. Yes. So I imagine that is what's going on, but it is crazy. You're like, that house is... I
0: mean, the things that you are now concerned about, now that you own... NIMBY! Have you heard the term NIMBY? No, what's that? Not
1: in my backyard!
0: (laughs) And it's like people that
1: are... It's like Limousine Liberal, where you're like, you know, like, well, I support the homeless, but if a homeless person was on my street... Yeah, 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 yeah. Not
0: in my backyard. And
1: speaking of which, we get a lot of raccoons possums, and stray collarless cats in our backyard who like to poop and dig things up.
0: Us too. They are
1: fearless. We call one cat Dirty Sheets. He just lives out there. (laughs) He's a white cat, but very dirty looking. He has his favorite place. He used to be under a plant. We took that plant out. Still there.
0: I'm going to tell you the feral cats in my neighborhood, they, you do not want to mess with them. You don't mess with them. I saw one of them chase a bird underneath a car the other day, and I just looked away. Oh, yeah. I was just like, I can't I can't watch this scenario like play out anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. Cats really are killing all the birds from what I hear. You should yes. not let your cats outside to hunt birds. But well, and it.
0: they they are a very... I don't know, man. When I'm not walking my dog. <laughs> I was going to
1: say, they might be able to take down Cleo if they they were, could, in a, in a, gang, if in they a were gang. In a gang.
0: And so. they sit there... And they just look, just the look, you know. A
1: slight tail wag. It's yes. happy when it's a dog. It's not happy when it's a cat. Exactly. They're hunting. And they're
0: all, they're all kind of, they got these scars on their Did faces. you know cats
1: will eat you when you die? What? So dogs, not so much, they'll like still be there licking you and wanting you to come back. But if you die in your apartment, your cat will eat you very quickly and they'll start with your cheeks and your eyes.
0: You heard it here first, folks your cheeks and your eyes. The
1: tender, the tender parts.
0: <laughs> the tender parts!
1: They're survivors. Cats oh my gosh. The, survivors. the next time they're licking you with a little sandpaper tongue, you know what they're thinking.
0: Oh my and gosh. All, yeah. Michael, this has been wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much!
1: Yeah, you're very welcome. Sorry, oh. sorry to go out on the grim note. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Me, Myself, and Millie. Follow us on Instagram at MillieBrooks100 for more podcast updates. And if you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. A special thanks to my husband, Rowan Brooks, for technical support. Cal Reichenbach, who did all the music you heard in this episode. You can check him out at calzonemusic.com. And to Renee Shaw, our graphic designer, who did our thumbnail art. Follow her at RiniShaw.com. Thanks, party people, and see you next week!